What's great, good, and real, my cliche family? It's your boy, Jeff, and you are tuned in to another episode of the Do You Rules podcast, episode three, episode three. And for my Caribbean family out there, three of them, at least my wife being Belizean and, and them speaking Creole as part of their, their language. I've heard a lot of trees in the last 25 years of my relationship with my wife, and I think that that's Crazy and apropos in that today's episode is going to be all about pulling your weeds, pulling your weeds. And so I know you're probably off the rip, like, what the hell? What, what do you mean pulling your weeds? As you know, on this show, we talk about being conscious or at least as much as you can in life, which also implies the subconscious. And and I think that's where a lot of the weeds are and 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 the lack of being able to clean out and clear up your mental garden is likely putting you in a position where you're repeating a lot of past failures and making your current life not optimized and not where it possibly could be. And I'm going to get into how weeds changed my life. The simple concept of actually pulling weeds in my backyard, which is, which has been phenomenal, but it's Monday coming off of a great weekend. And, and if you're alive today, regardless of how your weekend went, then yes, give yourself a round of applause. And feel good for yourself. Feel good about yourself. Being alive in this world is a great place to be and a great place to start. But my weekend was was eventful as always in that massive positivity, massive continued connection with, with what's important to me, which is my family, my wife, my daughter, my son. A lot of ups and downs, a lot of highs and lows, which is typical for me in my world. And I think typical for everyone in our day to day, which is what makes life so beautiful. But the biggest takeaway for me for this weekend, aside from, again, going to pull weeds and coming into episode three, was that my daughter has has gotten really, really deep. And I don't want to say deep into, but we're on the, the, the precipice of another layer of our relationship, which is phenomenal. She's 13, my gorge. She and I are 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 strategically working together on on posting on a YouTube channel. I say ours because again, everything I do is for us and for me. And I hope it's that way for you too. And that me is, is absolutely my why, which is my family. But my daughter has had a lot of great feedback for me. If you heard my intro, what's great, good and real, my cliche family that came from my 13 year old. And, and she's been helping me write down some ideas. She's been, she's been critiquing me on my camera angles. If you follow me on YouTube, cliche, Jeff, you can see sometimes she's like, I can see up your nostrils. That is a faux pas in the recording world, which is which is, again, it's, it's pretty deep and cool because here I am, 41 going on 42, taking advice from my 13 year old daughter, who I'm supposed to be the one that's, of course, nurturing, inspiring and growing her. But here she is teaching me, educating me and and inspiring me, helping me to, to, to go forward and move forward. And, and I reference all that to say, if you have children, I'm sure you know how this feels, but what a sensational place to be in life. What a, what a great place to be able to mentally absorb and take critique from your younger child. If you don't, I'm telling you, it's not, and I, and I don't want to sound like I'm preaching, but I know that you out there, if you, if you're a parent teaching your kids, let's not forget how much they can teach us and, and not always through words or on YouTube channels and camera angles, but just in their being. And, and I think it's super important to reference children, particularly if you have them or just to reference childhood in general, because as I'm getting deep into consciousness and, and to where we are as people and in life, 
I mean, I've read a lot of literature over the past few months. I've read a book on psychology of 13 year olds. I believe it's called Tangled or Untangled. I've read The Laws of Human Nature, Ego is Your Enemy, Atomic Habits, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck, and The World is Fucked. <laughs> All great books, which has brought me into my current literature, which is Modern Man in Search of His Soul by Carl Jung. And, and it doesn't matter what book you read. I'm telling you, it doesn't matter who you listen to or who you follow. If you really are trying to figure out how to get ahead in life or how to level set yourself or how to come to consciousness, how to reach a oneness, a bliss, nirvana, spirituality, or just, just straight happiness on some level, you're going to want to get into what you were as a child, what you were as a child. And it, 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 it resonates so deeply with me in a lot of ways, particularly in a fearful way, because, you know, I, not that my, not that my childhood was tragic in any way, but there's a lot of, a lot of bumps and bruises and falls and failures and some, some, some quote unquote traumatic things, at least things that have left imprints in my life that, that as I've come to the realization of who I'm becoming and who I was before I became who I am, you know, alcoholism, not maximizing my potential, addictive personality, things that, that I would focus on for instant gratification. You know, those are all things I saw, witnessed, watched, and learned growing up. And, and they translate into my adulthood. And the fear, if you have children, is that you, know, you pass off some of those things to them. And that's certainly what I didn't want, what I don't want, and part of the reason why I've made this transition. So in conjunction, and, and just with, with all that being said, the, the power to be able to learn from your children not just as, as you're educating them, but, but take a, depending on where you are, some of you might be, maybe, maybe your significant other's pregnant. Maybe you're in infancy. Maybe, maybe you have teenagers like I have There's Maybe you have adults. Maybe your children are adults already, but you can learn something from them. So just watch deeply, look, learn, listen, and dare I say, venture into your childhood and figure out why you might be a lot of what you are today. It's more profound than you think. So picking weeds for episode three of them, episode three, picking the weeds. So as part of my move out to the country, I'd say about five years ago, coming from the South Bronx, coming from the Bronx and evolving through the Bronx, Bronx, the Bronx has such a stigma. I'll tell you what, some of you who think the Bronx is, is a terrible place to be. It's not that it is, isn't, and I'm not, you know, it's not right, right, wrong and different how I feel about it, but go try to buy something out there. Go try to buy something out there. You got to be a pretty good earner to, to buy something out in the Bronx. And there's some really, really nice areas. And, and you'd be surprised what that costs. And part of the reason why we moved was because of that. The idea that we could pay, you know, five, six, seven hundred thousand dollars for a home and barely have space had a lot to do with it. And then, you know, again, it, it, no disrespect to the Bronx, but we wanted to move out to the country. Anyhow. So we move out to the country, we get a nice place with a lot of space and it comes with a backyard, which is, which is dope. You know, it's nice. It, it, it has its, its, its beauties. It's, it's, you know, I've, I've come to learn to love nature and, and the idea and feeling that there's so much life outside of us. That's not just human. Right. So I try to connect with nature in a different way. And my backyard is one of the places where I do that. And we have a, a, a hill. It's, there's some space, some pavers, 
a little bit of a patio. And, and then there's, there's, I don't know, I'd say about maybe 40 yards of space in my backyard. And it's on a, on a, on a, on a, on a slope on a hill. And so going up and down that thing, it, 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 it from a physical perspective, you get tired. I'm not going to lie about that. Even, even someone like myself who works on being in shape, going up and down that hill, it'll do it to you. You know, you, 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 your gluteus maximus and all your muscles in and around your, your leg area will start to feel it after a while, especially after a few hours. But I have some plants, some beautiful plants back there. Some trees are back there. And, and in and around that, we get a lot of fucking weeds, man. I mean, a lot of weeds, a lot of weeds just just popping up everywhere. And we've mulched it. We've put weed killer, whatever it is down there. We've had professionals come in and, and take, quote unquote, take care of that for us so that the weeds never come back. And we have two neighbors to the left and right of us. The, my neighbor on the right, big shout out to him and his family. I don't know what the fuck he does, but his weeds never grow, man. His weeds, I don't, I don't know what it is. His weeds never grow. He just has a science down to it. They never grow. My, my neighbor to my left, his shit is more wild than mine. And he also grows fruits and stuff back there. Pretty cool. But my area gets, you know, my wife will look out and say, it's angry back there. And, and the weeds are, are vicious, man. And, and before I got into my spiritual journey and before I connected with nature and, and, and consciousness, or at least I think I am, I would just pay somebody to go back there and again, clean it up for us and, and, and spray or whatever. The spray didn't work. So I had this gentleman who would come every two weeks and by hand with like two or three of his boys would come through and pick the weeds. And we pay them $200 every other week with tipping everything. So $400 a month. I didn't have to think about it. I didn't have to worry about it. The guy would just fucking pop up in my backyard at some ungodly hour in the morning before I woke up at ungodly hours in the morning and, and he would go and pick some weeds. And, and he did this for about a year and I say about two summers, about two summers. And going into the, to the end of the second summer, a month had passed. A month had passed since my man came to, put, to pick weeds and I'm like, yo, what the fuck? Where's, where's homeboy? He's not, he's not here. He hasn't, he hasn't picked. It looks, it looks violent back there. And my wife noted it too. She's like, yo, you know, it's, it's, it looks crazy back there. You need to call homie to, to, to come in and pick the weeds. So I'm calling him and calling him and calling him. I'm texting him and nothing happens. And, and at this point, it's about six weeks since my, my, my weeds have been pulled. And, and this was before I was in any kind of shape. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying to myself, I am not going up and down that hill. I'm not picking weeds, man. I'm just not doing it. And so after about six weeks with two weeks after the first four weeks of me calling and texting, dude, I get a knock on my doorbell and, and a woman's at my doorbell with a young lady. I say the young lady must have been somewhere in her teens. The lady knocking at my door was, was a full-fledged adult. I'm not going to try to guess age, but you could tell it looked like mother and daughter. And, and I open the door. I'm like, yes, you know, how can I help you? And she's like, are you looking for so-and-so? Which is homie that pulled my weeds. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been texting him for, for a good couple of weeks. She's like, oh, okay. Do you owe him money? <laughs> and I'm like, no, I don't owe him any money. Why? And she said, I'm his wife. I'm his wife. And, and, and homie's going to be gone for a while. He's going to be gone for a while. So if you owed him money, you know, I can collect 
or if he was doing something for you that got money, I can do that for you. And I froze a little bit because as a man and my machismo kicked in, don't judge me. I'm just, this is just the way I was raised. And I'm looking at this woman like, I don't want you, I don't need you to, to do any work for me. Like I, I, if it comes down to, I can do the work. And my wife comes to the door and I'm like, you know what? G- give me a minute. Give me a minute. I'll get right back to you. My wife's like, what's going on? What, 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 why is this woman at the door? So I'm like, yo, this is, this is the weed man's, I know how that sounds. This is the weed man's wife. I think, I think this is, I think this is his wife and his daughter. My wife's like, what do they want? And I said, well, she asked me if we owed them any money. And she's like, do we owe money? I'm like, no, we don't owe them any fucking money. But, you know, they're here, and I think they want to do some work, and, and maybe they need money. And my wife said, well, just, just give them money and let them go. And so I open the door, and I'm like, hey, you know, we can, we can pay you and, and give you some money, which, I, which felt so uncomfortable and awkward. Now that I'm even saying it out loud, I'm like, that's fucking, like, terrible. But I didn't know what else to do or say. I consulted with my wife, who's my boss, and she's like, all for the money, because clearly homie's not coming back from wherever he's at, at least not for a while, after I told the story, and, and, and helped him out. And I'm like, y'all don't mind helping him out. So she's like, yes, yes, I'll take the money, but tell me what he used to do for you. So I said, well, he picked the weeds in my backyard. And she's like, all right, no problem. My daughter and I will pick the weeds, and we'll take the money. I can't, man, my heart, even when I think about this, I can't even believe I let them do it. I watched them. I couldn't help but watch them. Not the whole time. That's creepy. I didn't watch them the whole time, but my heart just melted watching this woman and her daughter pick the weeds. But I knew in my heart, I'm like, also, all right, homie is clearly bringing bread home and, and he's clearly not going to be able to bring bread home wherever he's at. She's not saying, and, and it's dire if she's popping up at my house. So she picks weeds and it must have taken them, man, they got, they got there. They started early. They started early, like almost when the sun came up, the sun came down and they weren't done. And it's a lot. It's a lot. I'm not knocking this. It's, it's, like I said, a homie used to come through with three of his friends. Four of them used to pick the weeds in about four hours, figure an hour of work, each person respectively. But his, I'm, I'm going to assume his wife, his wife and his daughter were just, back there and pulling and sweating and pulling and sweating and pulling. And I just felt, I felt terrible. And, and I gave them $400 for their work for that day, essentially four weeks worth of work for what they did at that time. And I said, thank you so much for your work. I appreciate you. And, and tell homie, you know, send him our love and and we'll text you again when we need something. And I, of course I never texted her again. I, I, I didn't, I just didn't feel right having her come and, and, and me watch her and her daughter pull weeds in my backyard. And so, so that changed me in a lot of ways. That wasn't like, that wasn't my epiphany, right? I, I spoke to you all about how I transitioned and how I changed my message from God, creating my hierarchy of faith. But, but that certainly was part of it. Like my ability to be relatable, my humility, my, my humanness, my consciousness of, 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 you know, there's a grind out there. And, and I, I know what it's like to quote unquote pick weeds Shit, my first my first job was four dollars and twenty five cents an hour. Now I'm in like the top seven percent. My wife and I together are in the top five percent of earners annually for our salary. And it took us twenty years to get there. It's been a grind, a, a, a long way up. This move to the country where we've been for five years was really really hard for us, and it continues to be hard in that we have to maintain right. But anyhow, oof, watching them pick the weeds, I'm like, I got to do this. I'm going to do this. And, and it did coincide somewhat, at least picking the weeds with, with my journey in that, you know, soon after 
getting my message, figuring out how to be the best version of myself. When I started to pick the weeds, stay with me, right? There was this, this instant connection of my consciousness, my being, I don't know if woke's the word. I hate the way that sounds because woke culture. I don't know if I subscribe to that. I don't even know if I'm educated enough to know and comment on it. I just know that my consciousness, my level of connection to world, to God, to universe, to people and humanity, to life. When I pulled that first weed out the root, there was a level of satisfaction of getting the weed out of the root. But there was also a connection to universe that was like, man, this weed. And I remember it hitting me. I'm going to pull this weed out of the root with the hopes that it doesn't come back. But the truth and reality is the weed is only doing what the weed is supposed to do. Right. It only has one chance to be a weed. The way a tree can be a tree only and the way other animals who are non-humans can only respectively be like a lion down to an ant and anything in between. They don't really have an option. They can just be that. And so I felt this connection of when I'm looking out at these angry, violent weeds that make my yard look terrible, the weeds just being a weed man. And it's doing it to the best of its ability and, and left long enough. The weeds get really fucking long and look like many trees out there. And so it took me, I broke it up essentially into sections. You figure, let's say it's 40 yards, 10 yards, every other, every Sunday, I will work on 10 yards, a quarter of my backyard and pull the weeds. And that connection to life, removing it from its root, one by one meticulously, really, really resonated deeply and made me start to think about the consciousness and how we are, man, our possibilities are, are, are endless, right? There's like, we're limitless to an extent. Our potentiality is deep. It's vast. It's, 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 it's almost whatever we can think of, we can do. And in this abundant world, particularly in this current time, I think we, we lose sight of, we can just get on a plane and go wherever we want. We can connect to anywhere in the world with a device in our hand. Like, like, you know, the internet, I referenced it last week, bandwidth. We have so much potentiality. There's so much visually in front of us, so much evidence of this abundance that, that I think, you know, we lose sight of what it once was or what it is and what it wasn't. Like we weren't always this abundant. The world didn't always have this level of vastness. This potentiality was, was quote unquote always there because man has this potential. We don't have to just be a weed or a tree or a lion or an ant. We can pretty much dream it and, and pretty much become it. All things being net net. The idea of flying across the world. So think about that. Somebody thought about flying one day. And, and maybe it started with putting wings on your back probably wouldn't be a good idea, right? What we know about gravity, et cetera. But, but planes were manufactured and they're, they're, you get on one today with no thought. I'm going to fucking West Bubble Fuck. It's going to take me 12 and a half hours. You get there. You get there. And so pulling these weeds and allowing it to resonate with me, the idea of life and the potentiality I was, I was again pulling weeds this weekend and it really level set me. It really brought me back down to a humble, grounded place. 
as I thought about my potential, my vastness, my depth, learning from my daughter, learning from my wife, learning from my son, learning from those around me. We all are filled mentally with weeds. How you got to where you are today is such a culmination. I shouldn't say a culmination. It's a combination. And, and where you are is certainly, I don't want to say fixable. You can still transcend. You can still evolve. You can still grow just like the weed can. And, and if you focus in and laser in, on what it is you look into, what it is you want to really do, or what it is you, you really want to be, you can be that. And I encourage you to, 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 to go deep into your mind, to go deep into where you are today and know that if you are, if you are like, how could you feel like you have nothing? How could you be alive today? All things being net net, at least in America and feel like you have nothing. How could you have the potential of, of, of being a human and thought, and dreams and feel like you have nothing. I get you may not be where you want to be, but that could also change in your mindset. You can literally, and it's hard. I don't want to, because you know, people sell themselves, they sell these ideas. 18 minutes a day will give you a hundred hours. I, I saw this on, on, on the internet the other day, a hundred hours of any discipline focus. And the guys like karate or, or, or working out or running or a hundred hours a year will put you in the top 5% of the world as far as that discipline is concerned. But in and around that comes a lot of work and there's still a lot of difficulty and it's, it just, it's not as simple as it sounds, but, but, but there is a bliss. There is a happy you can trigger and tap into almost constantly. But my argument for you today is you got to pull the weeds. You got to pull your weeds. You got to get into, into, into deep, or you got to get in deep on where you are today, particularly if you're not happy. And I, I use that loosely, particularly if you're not fulfilled, particularly if you're not challenged, particularly if, you, if you're yearning, right? And, 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 and you know that there's more for you. You got to pick your weeds, you got to pick your weeds and you got to consistently pick your weeds and know that a lot of who you are is such a combination of what has already transpired. And if you don't pick your weeds and you don't change your routine and you, and you keep repeating past failures and you don't, and you don't change your mindset and you don't tap into your consciousness and you don't align with your subconscious, which is where all your weeds really rest and are clouding and cluttering you're conscious and you're almost fearful of, then you'll never attain. You'll never attain. You'll never get to where you want to be. And whether it's the top 5%, 4%, 1%, whether you want to be in the middle and 50%, whatever it is, whatever you define as abundance, whatever you define as you, whatever you define as, as, as your nirvana, I just want you to go there. I want you to get there for you. Because when you do you, everything else feels so much better. When you do you, you can learn from your 13-year-old. When you do you, your neighbors and you can, can form community and bond and, and maintain and, and expand and evolve. When you do you, you can let the weeds grow and know it's cool. We good. It might be a little bit vicious, but it's still me. And I can pick them. I can pull them. And I can make my, 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 my mental garden 
absolutely pristine and gorgeous just by changing my mindset. Just by changing my mindset. So if you're out there, if you're out there, be thankful that you are out there. Be thankful that you do still have potential. Be thankful that you do have life. And it is ever possible. Pull your weeds. Do you. And may everything you desire come to you exactly as you deserve. Stay rich.